the fact the father nodded his throat was so parched he had difficulty talking and he was becoming weak and dizzy with an effort he leaned forward and ruffled his son's hair dust rose ringing the boy's head like a reddish halo we haven't got much water and we've got to save the stuff son we'll have a drink later when it's cooler it'll do us more good then you won't sweat it out, right? Adam Ross, nine years of age, eyes full of grit, lips split from sunburn, and aching with thirst, nodded agreement. There was nothing to eat. The man's rifle was on the running board of the car, ready to be used if they saw a kangaroo or emu or even a hawk. But they'd seen nothing. The flush of colour drained from the sky, as though chasing the departed sun. Shadows merged. Adam walked down the track, drawing patterns in the sand with a stick. Keep your eyes open for a lizard, the man called. There should be a few lizards about, he thought. Not much of a feed, but enough to keep the two of us alive. He took the rifle and laid it across his lap. Christ, I'm so weak and dizzy I couldn't hit an elephant, let alone a lizard, he said softly, and then realised with a start that the boy had returned and was staring at him. Jesus, son, you look filthy. I could shoot something, Dad. The man nodded. Probably could. A real dead-eyed dick, aren't you? Did I ever tell you you were a good kid? The boy, surprised, shook his head. I should have. The man lowered his head and slowly put the rifle back. Given you a few beltings, though, haven't I? The boy scratched at the sand with a stick. Well, I'm sorry. I've had problems and things on my mind and... Well, you know. The boy was studying him intently, concern on his face. I've always loved you, son. I've tried to do the right thing by you. I want you to remember that. Adam ran the tip of the stick around his boot. Isn't anyone going to find us, Dad? Oh, Jesus, thought the man. I've raised me a smart kid, and look what I've done to him. Brought him on this godforsaken track and put a hole in the gearbox and killed a pair of us. He gazed at the darkening land beyond the track. The gaunt outlines of dead trees surrounded them. They were ringed by a vast, arid emptiness. I think you're man enough to hear the truth, Adam, he said, his throat rasping with dryness. And to tell you the truth, I reckon the answer is no. No, I do not think anyone's going to find us. What do you think of that? The boy had been concentrating on scratching a circle around his feet. What are we going to do then? Will we have to walk somewhere? I don't know. Maybe we should. There's no water around here, he thought, and we're running out. The water bag was empty and much of the foul-tasting stuff he had drained from the radiator had gone. He'd given most of it to the boy. 
he himself had not tasted water for two days. The boy thought more clearly when he moved, and he walked around the stricken car. He jumped the black stain that ran from beneath the belly of the car and spread across the track. He touched the lacquered wooden spokes of the rear wheel and removed a stone that was wedged in the tread of the tyre. He could remember when the wheel was taller than he was, but that was when the car was new. Tools were scattered in the sand, and he hopped through the maze of spanners and screwdrivers and wrenches. He made a game of it, picking a path through the tools. Usually, his father stowed these precious items in a special box, which he had made to fit the running board, but since he had given up trying to fix the gearbox, he'd just left them in the sand. The boy returned to the front of the car. He touched one of the brass headlamps.